And welcome in to Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack on Mitchell Smedley. How we doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm boy, it's playoffs eve, my dude. Uh, playoffs Eve for the Phillies. They begin a wild card series with the Marlins tomorrow night at eight, which we'll get to in due time. Uh, other than that, got an undefeated football team. I got uh, you know some sleep, not a lot over the weekend. <laughs> um, not a lot. Not and a lot. I got some homework done last night, which is great. There you go. So I'm riding free and easy today. Uh, having a pretty good day, Jack. How about you? Same here, brother. We are having a good. Day so far, lot to talk about. We've never been this close when we're when we're broadcasting. Yeah, well, it's like you're right here. Hey, buddy. Hello. <laughs> Whoa, he's touching me, reaching out, <laughs> touching me, touching, touching you. you. Yeah, we have a very special guest with us today. Well, let's not exaggerate. <laughs> okay, I'm you want to diminish our guest? Like I'm that? kidding. No, we have a tremendous guest today. A uh, preparing for his own show of his own, his own show of his own, his own show of his own, a show of his own. He's shadowing us today here in the studio. Jacob Regensberger, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Jay Regs, it's like our own Jalen Rager, <laughs> just better, just much, much just better, much, so much, much better. better. All right. Anyway, without further ado, let's get right into it. Let's start off with a jam-packed weekend of NFL to break down. Big weekend. We'll give our thoughts on that, and we'll go deep dive on some of those games. I don't believe our picks did too well, if I'm uh, if If I'm not mistaken, just seeing how some of the games fared, uh, no, I don't think we had a good week. But we'll count them up. We'll count them up. Uh, I want to start Thursday night, though. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Lions, take down the Packers 34-20 to in Lambeau Field. Wasn't close. No, it was not. It was not close. David Montgomery, what a game for him. He coming was back. He was so back. Coming Three off touchdowns. the injury report, missed just one week with that thigh injury, and like Mitch mentioned, three times he got into the end zone. Also had 32 carries uh, to go along with those three touchdowns, and then had two receptions. So he got the ball in his hands 34 times total. Just they were an unbelievable game. Yeah. They were definitely force-feeding them. Not afraid of contact for the uh, recently injured Montgomery. But he stepped up to the plate big time, uh, and he, you know, pretty much single-handedly uh, carried that offense at times for uh, for Detroit. Looks like a really good Detroit Lions team. Uh, what are they now? Two and two, or three? No, they're three, three and one. one. I'm sorry, I was thinking of a different squad. But uh, yeah, the Lions three and one leading that division, and they they looked apart, man. They look like a team that should have hype around them this year. I know they had some last year; it kind of fell apart. Uh, but I think the Lions are for real this year. I like I like some of the pieces on defense. Uh, I like uh, I like how the offense is meshing so far. Good ground attack mixed with some good pass catchers. Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god, uh, among others. And I think Jared Goff is is playing like he needs to to, to carry this team into the postseason. Um, he's he's game managing. He's playing uh, you know good. Uh, not great. Doesn't jump off the the page every every single week with the box score. But there's some weeks where you're like, whoa, he just threw for four touchdowns. Holy smokes! Isn't it crazy the career resurrection he's had since going from the Rams to the Lions? I think it's really interesting. I mean, not even just that piece of it. I think it's great that both him and Stafford in that deal got career resurgences and got you know uh, franchises uh, new beginnings where they the pressure was kind of off and and where they've both thrived ever since. I mean, Stafford wasn't good last year, but, I mean, he 
Playing through some injuries, too. He won a Super Bowl in his first year in L.A. And uh, Jared Goff has been a really big part of the resurgence of the Lions. So it's rare that you see a trade work out so well for both sides. This is one of those times. Yes, it is. And, um, you know, for for Detroit, they're really reaping the benefits so far this year. I think this is, you know, paving to be a really good year for them. I don't see a lot of threats for the Lions in this division. You know, you look at the Packers, who they just beat soundly on the road. The Bears are, you know, doing what the Bears do over the past couple years, and that's just be terrible at football. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Probably Uh, could have the number one pick next year. Yeah, and the Vikings, who had to barely get out of Carolina with a win on Sunday. So really, when you look at this division at a, you know, more broader sense, none of these teams on paper or you know, on the football field to seem to prove any sort of threat to Detroit. This is by far the best team and a pretty weak division. Yeah, uh, and it started with that statement win in Kansas City uh, to open the season. And that kind of put them on the map and said, hey, we've arrived this year. We're, we're good. We're, like, actually good. Um, you know, they're one they're one possession away from being 4-0. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's Which is crazy. Overtime possession. Um, you know, it's not even like they got the ball and got a chance. Yeah. It's that dumb overtime rule. But, um. Yeah, the Detroit Lions just looked like the better team. They outmatched the the Packers in every facet of the game this uh, this past Thursday night, and and they're playing like a three and one team, uh, and they're going to keep playing like a three and one team. I think the Lions will win this division, just like we just talked about. Oh, they have a pretty favorable matchup next week as they will welcome the Carolina Panthers into town. Ooh. We'll give our game pick for that uh, on the Wednesday show. But yeah, Detroit. I mean, I just I like their schedule. A lot of winnable games. This is a team who, you know, I think we both agree will win this division and go to the playoffs. Yeah, more than done. the schedule, though. I like the players. Yeah. I like watching the players. It's not just a favorable schedule. It's a good Aiden team. Hutchinson is a menace. He is a absolute, absolute beast. Dog. Just crazy. Uh, every time you're watching a Lions game, Aiden Hutchinson is in the thick of the play every single time. Certainly made the right pick a couple years ago, drafting him in the number 2 overall pick, yep. bringing the home state guy, went to Michigan in college. Stays in the state of Michigan, playing for the Lions, and yep. uh, he is certainly wreaking havoc on opposing quarterbacks and opposing offensive lines. He's rolling up on folks, <laughs> letting them smell his cologne. Yeah, as Gus Johnson once said. <laughs> I love that quote. Alrighty, well, before we get back into it, we do have a message from the KUR Notebook. From the KUR Community Calendar, Make and Take Diamond Art Painting is happening October 17th at 11 a.m. at MSU Room 218. Try your hand at Diamond Art Painting. Choose among many designs. There will be mandala, pumpkin, and gnome designs to choose from at this relaxing and fun make and take. You don't want to miss this awesome event. This message brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Back here, hour number one of heavy hitters. I'm a mandala fan. I like mandala? those. Yeah, like the circles. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Do you know what mandalas are? Not, we had to make them in art class one time. I'm, I, I like those. So I did say that right. I actually had a little bit of a... Where they didn't say that correctly. No, I think it's Mandala. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it's spelled. M-A-N-D-A-L-A. Yeah. Mandala. Because Mandela would be That's D-E-L-A. a different dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also the Mandela effect. The Mandela effect named after Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. Anyways. The more you know. We got more NFL to talk about. Yes, we do. Um, let's keep slate. moving on to the 1 p.m. slate. Like Mitch said, Bills-Dolphins, one of the most highly anticipated matchups of the week, and it looked like it was going to be this offensive back and forth showdown through the first 15 minutes, and then it just didn't shake out that way. Um, actually, I mean, it kind of did early, early into the second quarter, but really by halftime, it was 31 14 Buffalo. It was an uphill battle for the Dolphins, 
And Josh Allen just absolutely dominates against Miami. In, in 11 career games against the Dolphins, he has thrown for over 3,000 yards, 31 touchdowns to five interceptions, and has a 9-2 and record, uh, regular season and playoffs for their it's one playoff matchup. stat line. As he just owns the Dolphins. Yeah. It's like Aaron Rodgers and the Bears. Yeah. Um, I own you. <laughs> yeah, this game it started out uh, just as, as advertised, but I, eventually you saw that the uh, the Bills' defense is good, and the Miami defense is, is not. not. Uh, the Bills came in the second-ranked defense in the league. Uh, they played like it after that first quarter. Uh, what was? The, do you know the eventual final score of this game? I forty-eight to it. twenty, Buffalo. Yeah, so it got out of hand. Like you said, thirty-one fourteen at halftime. That's about when I stopped paying close attention to this game when it was kind of in hand. Uh, can never really count the Dolphins out because they just put up seventy last week. Um, but it just looked like a different offense. It was, uh, you know, you're not going to be putting up 70 every week. You're not going to be playing the Denver Broncos every week. Uh, and the Bills, you know, they they got an uh, interception, fumble recovery. They made some plays on defense when they had to. And they uh, kept that, that margin wide and never gave the Dolphins any hope of a comeback. Good win for the Bills. Really good win for the Bills. The Dolphins were one of three unbeaten teams coming into the week. Now there's only two. Uh, and the the. Buffalo Bills, man, I really think are a fantastic football team. Um, Josh Allen looked like the old uh, Josh Allen we all expected to see. Uh, he looks he looks good, and they look good after that hiccup against the Jets to open the season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what changed, but these last three games, they've looked so dominant, kind of back to what we've seen from the Bills the past several years. Uh, but one negative. Oh, I do have a positive and a negative. In this game, Stephon Diggs just absolutely torched the Dolphins secondary going what for 120 yards and three touchdowns. Um, just a rough day at the office for Cater Coho. Uh, as he was matched up against Diggs a lot. Yep. Did not go his way pretty much at all. So a tough day for him, but a you know, big loss for the Bills in this secondary, and they just get this guy back. Came back in the middle of last year from a torn ACL, but Tredavious White officially done for That's the season. So unfortunate. Torn as Achilles, man. You just feel for a guy like that out. You know, for a whole season with an ACL. Comes back the middle of last year. Finally healthy again. And just after, you know, four games, he's done done for the rest of the season. So unfortunate. So unfortunate for him personally. And for the Bills as a team. He's a huge part of, of their defense. Huge part of, you know, what they like to do as a secondary. A true, you know, primetime corner. And, you know, just injuries take a toll, man. A lot of guys are getting hurt. You know, you've seen the past couple of years. More and more and more players Getting hurt, and I, you know, I don't know how they're going to change that, but it's tr- it's truly a shame to see Tre'Davious White, you know, be sidelined for the remainder of the season. Absolutely, uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Hope he uh, gets a great recovery, a uh, nice speedy uh, recovery, and hopefully we see him out there next year. Absolutely, I want to talk about the Dolphins' offense a little bit, though. Struggling in this game, but man, Devonta Chain just has a nose for the end zone, doesn't he? <laughs> a little bit, yep. For all you fantasy managers out there. After, I mean, a league-winning performance last week, uh, he uh, he kept it going. Four touchdowns over 100 yards again. Of four touchdowns in his last two games, I should say. Two more this week in Buffalo. Went for eight carries, 101 yards, and two touchdowns. A little bit inflated by a 55-yard uh, run that he had. But just showing to be efficient, Raheem Mostert. He does that, though. He has that big playability. We saw it last week. Just because of that pure speed he possesses. Yeah. I mean, he is so quick. Just all he needs is that little burst and that little hole again in the open field, and it spells 
trouble for an opposing defense. I feel like also, though, the uh, Miami offensive line doesn't get enough credit because we've seen this all season. Uh, we've seen Mostert find big creases in, in multiple games. Uh, I remember against the Patriots, big run for yep. a touchdown that put that game away uh, earlier in the season. Just uh, There's always these gaping holes for those two running backs to, to find and, and to use and get immediate points on the board, those lightning-in-a-bottle plays. Uh, credit to the to the line, uh, the O line of the Miami uh, Dolphins. Yeah, played well for the most part. Tua got sacked four times in this game, uh, so that was kind of their only blemish. When you're trying to get big chunk plays in yeah. the air, it's, well, it's going to lead to more sacks. Exactly. exactly. So uh, not fully their fault. Pre- pass protection can't hold up forever. Um, and the Bills have a good front. And the Bills have an extremely good defensive line. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. There so. we go. On the same page, my friend. All right, let's go to Philadelphia. The link oh, man. was shaken a little bit on Sunday. This um, game took years off my chest. But, oh, sorry, I cut you off. You're good. Were you going to say something? Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, a little bit more anxious than I think the Eagles fans would have liked to have been coming towards the end of this game. You know, yeah. many thought that they would just absolutely blitz the commanders in this in this game. You know, blow them off the field in shame, but that's not how it went at all. This game actually required overtime uh, before Jake Elliott eventually kicked the game-winning field goal. Uh, one of the league's best kickers in Jake Elliott. He really is. I mean, he's definitely gotten the des- uh, the respect he's deserved recently. Yes. Um, he's, he's always been, had a big leg, but it feels like this guy just doesn't time. miss. Yeah, and he used that used to be a problem. He would uh, make 61-yarders and then miss ex- uh, extra points or miss 20-yard field goals. Uh, but he straightened that out. His accuracy has definitely come up in past years but yeah exactly to your point the uh this game that i thought would kind of be a, a laugher um real quick the commander said not so fast they went right down the field scored on their opening possession eagles countered with a uh, deandre swift touchdown of their own and then the commanders went right down again and it was 14-7 and then it was uh time to play defense throughout the second quarter uh the eagles would add on a, a field goal you know, it was like field goal here, field goal there, field goal here. And then eventually the Eagles took the lead on a huge – did you see the catch and run for A.J. Brown? Yeah, he was weaving in and out of like – 59 yards, running all throughout um, defenders on the, in the second On the area. far side. Yeah. And he ended up scoring almost all the way on on, on the near side yep. of the field. A huge catch and run, 59 yards, Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown. That would not be the last time they found each other for a touchdown – But we will get to the second half of that game and all the drama it brought with it on the other side of this break. Heavy Hitters on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Welcome back into Heavy Hitters on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That pretty little thing is Jack Heim. And we're discussing Eagles commanders among the rest of the NFL slate for week four. Recapping, we are just about a quarter of the way through the season. So we have, uh, we're starting to get a book on these teams here. We're starting to get a grip on who's who. What's real and what's not. Uh, overreactions are starting to come back down to earth. Um, one thing that's still confusing is that the Eagles just don't beat teams by a lot anymore, apparently. Uh, no blowouts on the season except for maybe the Tampa game, which was only 14 when you look at it. Yeah, when you win by double digits in the NFL, it's a sizable win. Yeah, it's a good win. Um, in the Minnesota game, they were up by 20 at one point. Minnesota added late points. Uh, That one felt the most in control that the Eagles have been. But we're talking Eagles commanders week four. Uh, So the Eagles took the lead early in the second half. A.J. Brown, big touchdown. Um, And then this game got so annoyingly 
tight. Uh, the Commanders would add some uh, some late points. It was a tie game at 24. And then, oh man, Jack. So inside of the two-minute warning, Eagles have the ball in Commander territory. And rather than, you know, run the ball, get in field goal range, and kick a, a last-second field goal to win the game, 27-24. Let's throw it. Let's throw it. Let's find A.J. Brown behind the defense in the end zone for his second touchdown of the day. And then, and then, here's a great idea. I have an even better idea, Jack. Let's, even without Jonathan Gannon, play off coverage all the way down the field and let them score with zero seconds on the clock. Even in the end zone. Dotson was open. Wide open. Wide, wide open. Wide open. And people forget to start this drive. It was like a second and 17 because the Eagles got a sack. Yeah. Uh, Just complete mishandling of a a two-minute drill. On the defensive side of the football, I can't do it anymore with these awful, awful, awful play calls. It's on the offense, too. The offense looks like it's it's scoring in spite of itself with the amount of design QB rollouts that Jalen Hurts is doing and the amount of, pl- uh, of plays that result in him having to throw it away because no one's open even when he's protected for seven seconds. It's ridiculous. The, the play calling, and I'm trying to remain calm because we have two new coordinators, and it takes time to mesh, especially, you know, interpersonnel and all that stuff. Obviously, I'm not doing a very good job of staying calm. No, I mean, yeah. I certainly it's frustrating, though. Yeah, it is frustrating. It's frustrating when you're up by seven and you're allowing guys to get eight yards, ten yards, fifteen yards, six yards, all the way down the field. All the way down the field, Jack. And no one stopped them. Uh, luckily, luckily, uh, even in overtime, we were playing this weird coverage, and Terry McLaurin, I thought, got the feet down, but on third down, he was ruled out of bounds. It was very close. Very close. Um, I thought he was in bounds, but ruled out of bounds. Commanders punted, and the Eagles drove down into Jake Elliott field goal range. He hits a 54-yarder to win the game. So the Eagles get the win. They're 4-0. They're one of two undefeated teams left in the NFL. Uh, but as you can see, I still have some gripes, and... and Quite honestly, I'm, I'm actually... It's not a convincing 4 now. I'm starting to get concerned because I look around and I see the other undefeated team in the 49ers. And I'm, it's a month into the season now, so I'm going to start to say, all right, Rust should be knocked off. You should be playing some pretty good football. Uh, but I see the 49ers rolling over teams. Double digits, 20 points this week or that week or whatever week. It's consistent. They, they pounded the Giants. They pounded the Cardinals. I don't see the 49ers, but they pounded the Steelers. Uh, and their fourth game is eluding me at the moment. But blowout wins, it's not close. It's not close. They call good uh, They call good offensive plays. They, Rams. The Rams, yeah. and they uh, One by seven. Yeah, so that but was, that was a divisional game. Four seconds left to make it a seven-point game. So oh, yeah, it was really, so it was really ten. ten. Yeah, so four pretty convincing wins. The Eagles, I mean, it's five, it's six, it's that 14, and it's three now, uh, the margin of victory. So I'm looking around, and I'm comparing the Eagles. I don't see the the good play calling. I don't see the good quarterback play. Jalen Hurts, let's talk about this for a second. Awful throwing the football this year. Not good. Uh, He overthrew Devontae Smith for what could have been a touchdown if he hits him in stride. Uh, He overthrows A.J. Brown. He overthrows uh, Goddard like three times. He doesn't look as comfortable throwing the deep ball this year. Not at all. He he looks like he has no feel for it. He looks like he did at the end of last year. Yeah, a little bit after the shoulder injury. Yeah. So maybe something's not fully right there and he's but just even, playing through it. Even later in the season, he figured it out where he was throwing those deep balls in the playoffs. 
Uh, A.J. Brown caught a 50-yard touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, here's the thing. The only time he connected on a deep ball, other than those two A.J. Brown catches, so one of three times, um, but the only time in the first half, he got hit as he threw, which, you know, brought the ball back a little bit, took some off the throw, and it ended up being a perfect throw to Devontae Smith. Would have been overthrown if he, you know, wasn't hit. But I digress. Jalen Hurts doesn't look as as comfortable. It looks like teams have mostly put an end to his his rolling out and, and QB runs. The QB runs have not worked for the Eagles this year. I don't understand why they keep calling it. It's predictable. It, it is predictable. And they usually only run them on first down. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, like it's it's easy to stop a play when the defense can read that's that it's coming. Also, I thought what the Eagles did a good job of with in this game was identifying a matchup and exploiting it. And that was AJ Brown against Emmanuel Forbes all for day sure. long. Yep. Because that's just I mean, for Forbes in general, he is he's not a physical corner. <laughs> when you put him up against Swole Batman or AJ Brown, uh that's not gonna not gonna end up well for him because you put a guy who's six foot and at best 180 pounds against a guy who's what, six three? And you know over two twenty, no, age around six one, but he's over two hundred twenty five pounds. Um, the, just the weight difference there, and just you know the sheer physicality that AJ Brown possesses. You know you got to play off him because Forbes just can't jam him at the line. Yep. He's just not physical enough to be able to press AJ Brown. So you have to play what three or four yards off the receiver, and that makes it a lot easier for a wide receiver. Yeah, especially one of Brown's caliber to go to work for sure. I, th- I think he had like nine catches for like a hundred seventy-five yards yeah. and two touchdowns. Two I mean, touchdowns. He went off. He was he was outstanding this week, and it's great that they found that matchup. I just wish there was more utilization of uh, rather than these these Jalen Hurts runs, which end up setting you back uh, each series. I, I'd rather see like the traditional run game pat- didn't work in this game. Well. Yeah, sure it did in the in the beginning, but as the as the game wore on, they kind of abandoned it a little bit in favor of Hertz and and AJ Brown was working. Yeah, but uh, you know some traditional run, but also some uh, I want to see Swift with the ball in space, like uh, you know out of the backfield. I want to see some some short passes to him. It, it hasn't really been incorporated into the game script, and Goddard at times just disappears. Uh, he had a couple good catches. Yeah, he has not been involved much at all. This no, year. he's been pretty bad. Uh, so I think there's some coaching issues to be addressed with the Eagles. Uh, and I'm, I'm frankly at the point where, yeah, I, I am concerned. I, I originally was just like, ah, oh, it's the you know, first four weeks is like the preseason and whatever. But it, it's to the point where these things are consistent. Hurts doesn't look good throwing the ball. Uh, and the, the penalties, it, the penalties are atrocious. Every big spot, the Eagles are taking holding penalties. They're false starting. Um, you know, they're roughing passers. They're, they're pass interference. It's every time... Uh, that's what gave the commander such life in this game was the uh, was the the penalties, and that also goes back to coaching. I don't think the Eagles are a well-coached football team. I think Shane Steichen was the best out of the three, uh, Sirianni, Steichen, and Gannon. I don't understand why we're taking pages out of the Jonathan Gannon coaching book and playing off by nine yards, but that's Maybe this is just an me. Eagle philosophy. It could be, and if that's the if that is true, I, I might have to find a new team because it's, so fr- it's, it, it's so frustrating. It's so obviously being facetious, but any other thoughts on the Eagles? That was kind of a rant that I um, took way too much time. I just think the secondary is a little vulnerable when I'm looking at it. Sure. I think it's a group that, you know, you put an elite offense against it and it could get torched, just like what happened in the Super Bowl. I mean, you're not going to have, like, I don't think you're going to have Sky Moore's and, and you know, Kadarius Tony's running into the end zone untouched all alone, you know, consistently, but I think it's a group where, you know, you put the 49ers fully healthy against this team, this year's team. And it could spell trouble. It could yeah. very much spell trouble for Philadelphia. Just defensively, 
they didn't have the same juice physically up front in this game that I that I've seen before. I think Washington did a really good job of limiting the Eagles' presence at the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. And I think they except had, for Nicholas Faro, apparently, who had three sacks and is the best player to ever grace the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Howell did get sacked five times, but he was yeah. able to do enough to where he had a good day. Twenty nine to forty one for two hundred ninety yards and a touchdown. Rebounded I, very well after yeah. a rough four INT game against the Bills. I have to say it. I I was I could not be more wrong about Sam Howell. I think on this show I called him the second worst quarterback in the league behind Desmond Ritter. He looked good, and he looked good on the ground too. Um, originally, I thought Howell was behind guys like like Pickett, and I mean he looked far better than Kenny Pickett. I mean I think there's a foundation here for Washington. Yeah, it's not there yet, but they have guys they can build off of. Definitely. By the way, and I did not I think love Brian Robinson as a running back. I think he's good. Yeah, he's just so physical, man. He refuses to go down for it's sure. Incredible. Yeah, you saw that on a couple runs. I mean, uh, even on the touchdown one where he fumbled and luckily Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin right there. But, but he refused to go down. He bounced off three yeah. different guys, stayed on his feet. I like their receivers, though. McLaurin, Dotson, uh, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I, Curtis I, Samuel I like is such an interesting room. gadget guy for them. For sure. They could use him as a receiver. They love using him on jet sweeps. He's just such a versatile playmaker for them. Mm-hmm. I think they certainly have guys who and they look at and say, yeah, these are guys we'd like to have. Especially like Chase Young, you know, and the, the guys like that. Yeah, if Chase Young could stay healthy, I mean, he is a, he is a certified playmaker. Sure. But. Now, I think back to what you were saying about the Eagles' secondary, uh, I think people are seeing just how good Avante Maddox has become uh, because without him, with him being injured now, uh, the, the Eagles' secondary looks looks like it gets torched uh, semi-frequently, and I, I don't think people understand how good he has become. And In 2018, I remember hating this guy. It's always the guys who, like, are... You know, they're sneaky good. That's what Avante Maddox is. Yeah. He's sneaky good. He's just an underappreciated player, but when he's picked up off the field, he's that piece you, you know, didn't know you needed. You notice him and you're like, hey, if we had this guy, we would look a lot better in this area. Yeah. I, I mean, ever since I think last year, early on last year, I started noticing just how good he was. And I was very upset when he uh, when he had that. I think it's a hand injury. Um, not sure how long he's out for. I think, but no, he's out for the season. Is he? Yeah. I thought it was just a hand thing. No, I'm pretty sure he's done for the year. I huh. saw it here. We had another uh, defensive injury. I may be confusing it with in Blankenship. Blankenship was ribs. Back. Yeah, and he was back this uh, this week. Yeah. So maybe it is. Yeah. Okay, I may be wrong. Um, well, actually, uh, we do have to step aside for a traffic report. So I will provide the exact injury update for Avante Maddox in about 30 seconds when we come back here on KUR. No accidents in the Lehigh Valley on 22 or 78, Berks County on 222 or 422, Schuylkill County on 209 or 309, Carbon County on 248 or 443 or on the turnpike. The 69 News Traffic Center tip line is 610-820-1111. That's the latest from the 69 News Traffic Center. Back here on Heavy Hitters, hour number one on this Monday evening here in early October, our first October show. Anything you want to add about that, or just, uh, just first like red summer. October show of the year? Okay, I'm yeah, wearing the figured you were gonna go there. I should have seen that shirt, coming. Phillies hat. I'll be providing uh, Phillies wardrobe attire to a bunch of people on Wednesday when I head down to Citizens Bank Park for Game Two of the Wild Card Series. Hopefully, to watch us clinch and head on to the divisional round. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. We'll talk about it. We'll be previewing that coming up. Uh, we have a couple yeah. more games to in depth recap first. Um, but Avante Maddox's injury real real quick. Yep, I was wrong. Torn, Torn pec, pec out for the season. I knew it was a season-ending injury, and you obviously never want to see that kind of stuff. 
but I just forgot what it was off the top of my head. But I knew he was done for the season because I read an article. But yep, torn pec, Maddox done for the year. And it was Again. Bradbury with that hand injury, by yes, the way. Yes, Bradbury hand injury. On the field, he looks good. Playing Nickelback uh, now, right? Yes. Yeah, playing a pretty good band. So we'll see. That no uh, one gives credit. And we're going to see Josh Job stand on the field a good bit. Yeah, which uh, is highly frustrating and just so sad. I do not like it at all. The Here's the thing. Why does James Bradbury always get called for holding at the worst possible time? It happened again welcome this to, week. Welcome to the James Bradbury experience, my yeah, friend. Yeah, it was not lost, saw him play lost in, me a Super Bowl. I just have flashbacks. Saw him play in Giant Blue, man. He, uh, yeah, he he had his highs and he also had his yeah. serious lows. He can make some great plays. I'm oh, he you. can. But he can also make some really head scratching plays too. Boneheaded. But that's all I got on the Eagles. Just I, I really think it's a coaching issue. I, I really am not convinced with these new coordinators and Nick Sirianni's never impressed me flower speeches get out of here okay well we will move on we're going to do some quick hitters give you some score updates and some minimal thoughts on games texans blitz the steelers 30 to 6 kenny pickett left that game it is clarified with a bone bruise and a muscle strain uh he's day to day so good for him that yep. he's not out for long term looked worse for the steelers it did look worse um matt canada's got to go yep. the steelers looked Horrific in this game. Texans CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud looks like their franchise guy. D'Amico Ryan seems like a great head coaching hire. This team's playing inspired football. They've looked they look well coached. Um, despite a lot of the you know a lot of the youth around this team, they're playing beyond their years. Uh, I think the Texans have a bright future and a solid organization trajectory uh, behind the current regime in place. It's about time, and it's great for the Texans. I'm it is. very happy for them. Absolutely, trying to get them back. You know, this is a team who's. I think, what, the youngest team in the league? They were the most current expansion team? Or was that Carolina? I'm not sure. Uh, they're, they're, again. Yeah, they're up there. The NFL hasn't expanded in a while, but it's, they are, by age, one of the newest teams yes. to the league. So it's good to see them have some stability for you know a rare, an organization that's been riddled with bad leadership and incompetent decision makers. It's good that they have the right people in place now you know, leading them forward. Uh, but for Pittsburgh, on the flip side, it seems like they have some people who are making decisions that shouldn't be, uh, especially in the offensive coordinator role. They're awful. So yeah, they look terrible. They I'm look so happy. I have a little week. wager going on with my Steelers friend. So Jaguars beat the Falcons in London. Sorry, Chris. I actually did think about you when watching this game. I'm <laughs> um, like, man, Chris has got to be going through it right now because this offense is it's awful. Awful. Desmond Ritter made two interception throws that. You know, you look at it and say, "Yeah, what are you? Where are you throwing that?" I mean, he's not even close to open, and really should be three because the guy who picked off—I forget his name off the top of my head—but the guy who made the first interception and ran it back, you know, to the end zone, Darius Williams had another one right in his hands and just dropped it, just dropped it, flat out dropped it. Should have been three picks for Ritter. I digress. Anyway, Jaguars played a better game, especially defensively. Trevor Lawrence in this offense still looks uninspiring to me. Um, you know, despite being efficient, going 23 of 30, only 207 passing yards. Uh, why this team doesn't throw the ball farther down the field is just baffling to me. It boggles it, it, my it, mind. It literally makes no sense when you have one of the best receiver rooms and overall weapon groups in 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 the NFL. It's shocking. They they just love to just dink and dunk underneath. I, I don't get it. Here's the thing. If they took a few shots down the field, those underneath things would be there more often and they would work. But I they know. don't it, scare a defense. Exactly. You, you can, can do it for like two weeks. People Just play your safeties it. up. Just, just bring your safeties in because they, they will not throw it down the field. Nope. Don't worry. Don't worry. They have, it's, it, for an offense that has Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, 
Uh, Travis Etienne and a solid quarterback at the helm, they they don't like to throw the ball down the field. It makes no sense to me. I, I just don't understand. But I'm not going to go farther down into that. I've said my piece. Five-yard passes to Evan Ingram. It is what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, they, and they run the play clock down to two every time before they snap it. Yeah. So that, like they play like they have a bad offense even when they don't. Exactly. I, I don't get it. Anyway, already talking about Bills, Dolphins, Broncos, Bears. Man, the Bears are laughable. Oh. The Bears are a laughable oh. organization. It's a bad team over there. It's poorly coached. I mean, they had a chance to have a somewhat positive outlook for Fields in totality, and they and they stripped it away from themselves because Matt Eberflus outcoached himself. Mm-hmm. Up um, for those who are unaware and might not have fully kept a keen eye on this game, the Bears led twenty-eight to seven in the early stages of the, th- or actually in the late stages of the third quarter. The Broncos scored a touchdown with fourteen seconds left in the third quarter to make it a two-score game. Then they outscored the Bears. 17 to nothing in the fourth quarter. Got the Scoop win. and score to tie it. But the Bears had a chance to kick a field goal to take the lead back. It was 28-28. They have fourth down on the Broncos' side of the field. I believe just under the two-minute warning with 155 to go. Um, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Because I see this field goal with 146 to go from Will Lutz. Um, so it was a little bit before that. But they have a chance to kick a field goal. Um, they don't. They go for it on fourth down. They run it. They don't get it. Turn it over on downs. Broncos go down the field, kick a field goal. And now it forces Justin Fields into a situation where he has to lead a comeback drive and play hero ball for his team. Ends up throwing an interception. Broncos win 31-28. They pull the stunner at Soldier Field. I mean, just baffling coaching decisions to me. I mean, you want to talk about putting your, your quarterback in a position to fail. That's exactly what the just uh, that's exactly what the Bears did to Justin Fields in this game. It was so on brand, so on par for the Bears the past couple of years. Yep. Haven't won since Halloween of 2022. Um, so... Just, again, par for the course for the Bears. It's embarrassing. Yeah, that's shocking. It's just mind-boggling at this point. You have a chance to take the lead late, and you don't take it. Yeah, to be fair, two 0-3 teams. Not a good game anyways. Oh, yeah, not a good game at all, but I, th- I just thought that was very frustrating to me. How, oh, yeah, it sums them up. I mean, how your coach can not see that you need points here, Yeah. try I to get, get a win, and you try to get cute, and it backfires. Yep. Kind of get what you deserve there. Ravens splits the Browns 28-3. Deshaun Watson didn't play in that game. Uh, DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the rookie at a UCLA fifth-round draft pick, uh, did not have a good NFL debut as the Ravens dominate the Browns in Cleveland. Vikings eke out a win over Carolina as the battle of the other 0-3 teams gets Minnesota their first win of the year. And it didn't, didn't, didn't look come great. easy. No. It did not look good. But they Both these the teams win. looked every bit of 0-3. Yeah. Uh, Justin Jefferson is being wasted away on a terrible team. Yeah. Two more touchdowns this week, I do believe. All right. We're gonna we're gonna go through these in the last thirty seconds before we go to break. Buccaneers whooped the Saints twenty six to nine in New Orleans. Derek Carr played through the played through a shoulder injury. You could tell they did not take a whole lot of shots down the field in this game. A lot of underneath passes for for Derek Carr. And that's evident when your running back has thirteen receptions. Yeah. Thirteen catches for yeah. a running back. It's it's Don't get me wrong, Alvin Kamara is a good <laughs> pass catching threat. Um thirteen catches and being your top targeted receiver is a sign that your quarterback just doesn't have the you know ability to throw it deep. Uh, yeah, yeah. They uh, <laughs> it's good to have him back. I guess that's that's the silver lining you can look at as a Saints fan. On the flip side, though, Bucks go to three and one, sole possession of first in the NFC South. Who would have yeah. thought that? How about Baker Mayfield? Three touchdowns, two hundred forty-six yards. Chris Goblin had a good game. Mike Evans left hurt. I believe a hamstring injury. Yeah, after not fighting sure some more with uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore. <laughs> as that beef continues to just get 
Never fails, year. dude. It never fails. Anytime those two teams get on the field, you can pretty much guarantee that those two guys are going to get into a altercation. Yeah. All right. One more before the break. Titans demolish the Bengals, man. This Bengals offense looks terrible. Bengals are bad this year. Yeah, they look bad. And I, I believe T. Higgins is hurt. T. Higgins with a rib injury. Uh, he'll miss a couple of weeks. Things going from bad to worse for the Bengals. Offensive line doesn't look good. Joe Burrow doesn't look good. Nothing on this team looks good at this stage. Derrick Henry looked like peak Derrick Henry in this game. Yep. Throwing a touchdown. Uh, that touchdown run he had was incredible. You're just making guys miss. Looked like prime King Henry. Henry. King Henry in form. Yeah. All right. Well, that will take us to, a, to our final break of hour number one. When we come back, we will finish recapping NFL. Uh, and then we will move on to break down in depth all things MLB, previewing the wild card round as playoffs are among us in that realm. So much more to talk about. Don't go anywhere. Here are heavy hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K. Where cuts down. Heavy hitters, Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley. We got Mitch dancing over there to our uh... dancing on my own. Yeah, I guess you could say that. And I'll keep dancing on my own. I'm giving it my all, Jack, but I'm not the guy you're taking home. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we are going to move through these NFL games a little bit more quickly. We have two more to recap. Rams-Colts, 29-23. Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams roll into Lucas Oil Stadium, get a hard-fought win. They were up 23 to nothing at one point in this game. I know. What was it, 20? It was at least 20 to nothing. Yeah, I believe it was 23 to nothing. I'm going to fact check myself. I think here. you're correct, Jack. It was 23 to nothing. I was right. Should have just went with my gut. But the gritty little Colts, they fought back all the way to tie it. And it started with Mo Alley Cox getting in the end zone for a touchdown. What a big man he is. Yeah, he is uh, not a easy guy to tackle. Yeah. So, uh, man, the Colts just, they have some fight this year, man. They, they do. They really do. Shane Steichen's group is telling scrappy. you, he's good. He's they a good coach. They don't quit. They don't go down easily. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the more I see Shane Steichen away from the Eagles and the Eagles away from Shane Steichen, the more I'm like, wow, I think he's actually pretty good. <laughs> and I may have been wrong about him. But we're giving them all this praise and they still lost. Yeah, yeah, they, they lost. Because the Rams got the ball first and Matthew Stafford found his favorite target through the first four weeks and rookie sensation, Puka, Puka Nakua, for a 22-yard touchdown, his first NFL touchdown after all those receptions, all those yards he's been racking up, finally gets into the end zone. It's a walk-off, For too. a touchdown, walk-off. Touchdown Rams win. to remember. They're 2-2. Two and two. They will come home to play the Philadelphia Eagles next Ooh. week, try to hand them their first loss. It'll be Cooper Cup's first game of the season. Matthew Stafford, though, played through a hip injury on the final drive of the game. He was limping a little bit. You could tell he was in some serious discomfort. Already said he's going to be out on the field next Sunday against the Eagles. Uh, man, this guy's just so tough. He does this, man. You remember his rookie year in uh, Detroit? Against the Browns. Yeah, when he had that, that shoulder injury. Shoulder. Yeah, and he threw the game-winning touchdown. I don't know if it was a separated shoulder or a dislocated shoulder. One of the two. One of the two, but um, he was in pain. Yeah, and then he threw the game-winning touchdown. Yeah. Meanwhile, so, taking a hit. The weird thing about that was he got hurt. He was down on the field. They had to, like, you know, it was like official timeout for an injured player. And he had to sit out one snap. And then Cleveland took a timeout to align their defense. But that timeout allowed him to come back on the field instead Get of taking from a snap. Get away from me, man. Yeah, he was on the sideline. Stafford's, yeah. I heard the like, And the he heard the, the uh, ref, and he goes, they're calling a timeout. I could play. And he goes running over to his coach. I could throw it if you need me to. Like, gritty kid, man. 
at the time. Now he's a man. Always been super tough. Yeah. He's always been super tough. I'm a big Matt Stafford fan. So am I. I love Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I hope he is awful this next week. I feel like he's always been underrated. Oh, he, he certainly has. He didn't get solidly rated until he had that Super Bowl year in uh, Los Angeles. Yep. That's when everyone's like, oh, he is good. Yeah, this guy's actually a good quarterback. So. Yep. So, like I said, winning trade for both teams. Yes, it was. But, yeah, let's go uh, Let's go make them two and three next week. All righty. 4 p.m. games. Boring. All boring. Chargers beat the Raiders, the Jimmy G-less Raiders, by the way. 24-17. Devontae Adams actually got hurt in this game but came back. Uh, he looks okay, which is good news for the Raiders. But, man, Jerry Tillery. Did you see the hit that he, that he put on Justin Herbert? I did not. Well, um, I'll, I'll just clue you in. Um, Justin Herbert rolls out of the pocket, gets flushed to his right, decides to take off and run, goes out of bounds, and he steps on the white on the white line, and then he gets lit up by Jerry Tillery. Former Charger, by the way, mind you. Wow. So Herbert gets crushed, late hit, 15-yard penalty. And meanwhile, this is on the Charger side. Max Crosby's own teammate was not happy about the penalty. You could just see him throw his arms up in the air like, are you kidding me, dude? Why would you hit him? Um, and then a swarm of Chargers just engulf Jerry Tillery. Engulf! Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was no exit point for this guy after he laid a big hit on their quarterback. It was definitely dirty. It was after the play. He was already out of bounds. Uh, just an unnecessary hit, truly. Uh, and you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad the Chargers took up for him. So yeah, pushing and shoving ensued. Nothing crazy. No big fight. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. For a guy of Jerry, Jerry Tillery's skill, which is not that great, um, to be laying hits like that, it's just awful. And it doesn't matter how good or bad you are. Uh, you shouldn't be making those kind of hits anyway. But it's just funny that a guy who... You know, got let go from a bad defense to go play for the Raiders. <laughs> Lays a hit on, on his former teammate like that. Yeah. That, that's just what stuck out to me. Yeah, I got you. Interesting uh, interesting little segment yeah, there. Yeah, interesting dynamic. Yep. All right, well, not much to talk about with New England. They got crushed mm-hmm. by Dallas 38-3. to um, They're terrible at the game of football. They don't know how to score. Their offense is terrible. Um, Yeah, New England's 1-3. and This team's quite awful, and I'm not sure how the Jets lost to this team. Uh, me neither at all. Me neither at all. The Patriots, well, I, I think they have some good defense, but the Cowboys outmatched them at every point on offense this week. Uh, they're, they're, uh, New England's offense cannot score for the life of them. It's a terrible unit. It's just, uh, it looks like a team stuck in the past. Looks like a team that doesn't want to move forward. Bailey Zappi might start soon. <laughs> I mean, this is not good. It's not a good situation in New England. No, it's not. It, it, it's not a good situation at all. and um, Unfortunately, the Cowboys are 3-1. and one. Yeah. I don't it's know what's It's not 4-0, though. I don't know. What do you think of the uh, of the offense, first of all? Do you think it's that good? For Dallas? Yeah. No, I, I don't. Um, 40 points, 38 points. The problem is, two of those touchdowns against the Giants came off against, from defense. Yeah, yeah. And in this game, too. They got a pick six, a fumble of recovery, and a pick six. Oh, so 14 okay. points come from defense. Gotcha. So that takes you from the offense's production. No, no, I'm not overly impressed with this offense. I mean, Mike McCarthy, you know, the play calling, it's it's okay. Tony Pollard did not have a great game. 11 rushes for 47 yards, had uh, 13 receiving yards too. So mm-hmm. not a great Tony Pollard day. CeeDee Lamb got in the end zone but only had, you know, 48 combined yards. Jack knows that. I don't well. want to talk about it. <laughs> If you know, you know. <laughs> I certainly know. So I I, I uh, filled you in on that situation. Yep. 
But, yeah, I mean, they, look, the Cowboys are whooping up on bad teams. Yeah. They, they, they're mopping up on the bad teams. Actually, they run into the Niners next week. And they're going to get crushed. It's I in San Fran. So. That game is going to be a blowout. I'm calling it right now because the 49ers, if there's a team who's going to expose Dallas, it's going to be San Francisco. They can be just as physical as the Cowboys. I think it's going to be ugly. We'll talk about it on the Wednesday show in, in a deep dive preview, but man, oh man, it's going to be. Whew, yeah. Just. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's a bloodbath. Just hope the Cowboys, for, for their sake, I think get out of there in one piece because that's going to be bad. I think yeah. it's going to be bad. I think the Niners are infinitely better than them. The Niners are the best team in the league. That's not a question to me. They're so complete. I, again, I don't see an area where Dallas is better. No, me neither. Me neither at all. 49ers are better running back. They have a better receiving room, better secondary, better everything. Some areas are. I think they're tied in quarterbacks. I'm taking. It's tough. Yeah, I think that. I think Purdy and Prescott are both. They're similar. Very similar in that mid category. They're not that good. Except Purdy just doesn't turn it over much at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Purdy's just a better Jimmy G. I I absolutely have always thought that. That's my number one impression of Brock. He's just a more enhanced Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that Eagles NFC Championship still the only game he's lost? Uh, Yeah. That's crazy. I think. And he only played a quarter of it. That's unbelievable. Unfortunate. I would have loved to have seen a full game between those two teams. It would have been great, right? With a quarterback. Yeah, just settle that for real. But look, the Eagles won that so convincingly. I don't think it mattered. They did, but it was close to the time when party was in. Like it was a yeah, but then the, our our offense exposed their defense, put up twenty four. I mean, yeah, but when you're on the when your defense on the field the whole game, it's tough. We didn't score in like the last quarter and a half or whatever it was. We put up those points pretty quickly. So I don't know. Anyway, we're not talking about that this yeah, year. Yeah, that's not. That's last year, man. And now it's this year. Speaking of the 49ers, they beat the Cardinals thirty five to sixteen. Four touchdown day for uh, Christian Mr. McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Gotta love it, man. What a guy. What a player. He's best running so back in the good. league. He's my favorite player. He's so he's easily like, the best running this back. This was in the a league. match made in heaven, really. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey going to the 49ers. It's like it looks peanut electric. butter and jelly. You look like uh did you see the uh It's a dynamic duo. You see him hurdle a guy on his way to the end zone? He just looks like Christian McCaffrey. I know. He looks like 2019 breakout star. It's crazy when you put a premier player on a really good team, right? Yeah, it's it's insane. Like Bryce Harper with the Phillies. Think it's the Niners' year, man. That's all I'm saying. Think it's Look, it certainly feels it. like it. I, I would love to say that the Eagles. I are think they're just infinitely right better there, than everybody else. And I if don't they think and if they infinitely stay healthy, better than the Eagles, you think they're infinitely better? <sighs> Come on, they might be better right now, but they're I think not they beat you guys by better. a touchdown. That's not infinitely at better. Least, at least that is not infinitely better. I take them by at least a I touchdown. Think it's a four point game. They, they wouldn't be favored by a touchdown. I'd take them by a touchdown. That's good for you. I don't think they're infinitely better. I just I think they're just supremely talented at every single positional you group. You love their secondary? I think it's good. I think it's decent. I don't think it's just world beaters. They have what? Charverius Ward and... Um, what's his name? I always forget. Uh, yeah, Diamador Lenore. That's it. That's a name. <laughs> um, Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw, very good. Okay. Very good at okay. linebacker. You know, they have Hafunga as a safety. I just, I just, I like the team. I know. It's a good team. I'm not saying you can't like that. I think they are the best team. I just don't think it's by as wide of a margin as you think. So, and I think if we went position by position, they outmatched the Eagles in a lot of, a lot of areas. Not wide receiver. 
uh, quarterback I'd give, I'd give to the Eagles. Eagles have quarterback and wide receiver edge, wide receiver barely. I think Debo or Luke. What are you talking about? AJ and Devontae are way better than Debo and uh, Brandon. Way better. They're both very good, but way better. Running back, give me Niners and yeah, give me the Niners. Slide. Well, okay. Eagles are good at running back. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think the Eagles are bad at a position. They're not, but McCaffrey is infinitely better That's than DeAndre Swift. That's what I'm DeAndre saying, but you're, you're making it out like the, the Niners are just so much better in every area. Like, the they are at running back, yes. Yeah, oh, at oh running goodness, back, they yeah. have the best running back in the league, yes. Yeah, but the I Eagles mean, have multiple capable running backs. Yes. All right. I'm not going to deny that. Moving on. Anyways, we're getting way too down a rabbit hole here. We are. Yeah. All right, um, Sunday Night Football. Chiefs, Jets, 23-20. Kansas City Got it wins rigged it. in their favor. 17-0 lead they jumped out to. Ultimately let it slip away as the Jets came back in this one. I don't know what happened after it was 17-0, uh, but the Jets just flipped a switch. Got back in it. I think uh, I think started with the safety. Zach Wilson and Pat Mahomes kind of ran over, put each other's jerseys on, and came back out on the field. Uh, it looked like the opposite. Mahomes threw a couple picks. Did you see what Rodney Harrison was saying to Chris Jones about Zach Wilson in the post game? No, he was like he was just trying to get Chris Jones to say something bad about Zach Wilson. Really? Yeah, for like forty seconds, That's he was funny. like, he was like, uh, "What do you think of Zach Wilson's performance tonight?" Started off with, and then Chris Jones was complimenting Zach Wilson. It's like, um, and then Chris Jones said something about like looking special, and uh, and Rodney Harrison goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa." You think Zach Wilson's special? I mean, he looks special tonight, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- this guy's not special. I mean, all you have to do is just watch the tape. I mean, he That's was just funny. Ron Harris was just berating Zach Wilson. That I mean, is he was, hilarious. He was essentially just calling him trash, a scrub. It was like, like gosh, you know, like it's like I get it. I mean, Zach Wilson is not the best quarterback, but it's like, you know, you can ask him once, not yeah. just dog on him for forty seconds. I'm like, yeah. jeez. The Taylor Swift effect is real, by the way. There's other stuff uh, to talk about in this game otherwise, outside of Zach Wilson yeah. being you know, not the best quarterback but actually yeah. played well in this game. The Taylor uh, Swift effect, uh, it's real, Jack. They This game was so rigged for the Swifties. <laughs> I mean, they, the NFL knew that they had a new audience and that they had to please them. Where was the holding on Sauce Gardner? Where? Where? I didn't see it. I don't think anyone on the planet saw it. Meanwhile, you know... They're, the Chiefs are locking down receipt, like you know, like locking elbows with guys and pulling them to the ground. Uh, I saw a couple highlights, so now I'm an expert on the field. But <laughs> and it's not getting called. It was just so bogus. Some of the penalties I saw get called there were just outrageous. Some of the penalties you see all across the league are terrible. It's awful. I mean, it's some of these so roughing the passes are a joke. I mean, we, I'm sorry. We need some better referees. Man. I'm sorry. Can we like if if with some of these roughing the passer calls, might as well just put a penny on the on the quarterbacks, really. It's yeah. getting to that point where it's becoming a joke. Yeah, I know. It's it's atrocious. But I think it was rigged for the Swifties. There was one in the Eagles game. Yeah. Oh, there Jalen was. Hurts, yeah. A hand touched Jalen Hurts' helmet, and it's called roughing the passer. No, I don't think there was a roughing this week. Yeah. Was there? Oh. I'm 90% the, the sure Bradbury there was. The Bradbury one was atrocious. The holding wasn't there. Wasn't there. So. The worst is just that it's it's the inconsistent. If you're going to call a game tight where any hand touching is, is I bad. i got to cut you off, though, buddy. Top yeah. of the hour. We'll be back hour number two here on Heavy Hitters. Okay, you are. And welcome in. It's hour number two of Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Jack Heim. This is Heavy Hitters. We are discussing all things sports. Talked uh, some NFL in the first half game, or week four recap. We have one week Four preview left to give you. 
Monday Night Football. And then we'll move into some MLB wildcard round previews and some college football week five recaps. Anyways, Jack, we got your New York football giants taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Tell me about it, sir. To your team, I'll give it to you. Not much to talk about. No? No, I mean, look, <laughs> Giants are uh, two bad. and a half point underdogs. They're really bad. But they're going to win this game. Ooh, I like the confidence. They're going to win this game. They're going to win by a lot. Nah, they're going to nah. go from winning by a lot right, there it is. to losing a tight race. I knew you were going to say it. Yeah, you laid it up there for me. Oh, I did. Honestly, that was my intention when I said that. Good. good. Um, Glad we're on the same page. So We have these like conversational alley-oops we do to each other. Where, like, we'll say one thing that we know is going to cause the other to say this other thing. You know, have you ever noticed we do that? Yes. I've noticed that. Whoa. By the way. Uh, no, I'll get to it later. Never mind. Okay. Keep um, going. Look, game preview. Giants. Um, going to be without Saquon or Saquon. I'm Saquon. Say. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Thomas is definitively out. Uh, they're, they're starting left tackle. That's a... Uh, you sure yeah. you didn't want to say, like, Andreu yeah. Thomas? Andreu Thomas. Saquon oh, Barkley. Saquon Barclay. <laughs> Saquon Bakla. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, Saquon Barkley, doubtful, not going to play more than likely. Jack, what if I just... Good. <laughs> no. Nothing really stopping you from doing that. I mean, your personal space. But anyway. It's where all your belongings are. Moving on. Saquon. Not here. Saquon not going to play. But I think the Giants passing attack is going to be able to do enough against the Seattle defense. I think the Angels going to have enough time. It'll be protected. The offense is going to function. Give me the Giants to win it 30-27 to over Seattle. 30-27. to So right on the line of two and a half. Yep. Just about. Um, I don't see it going that way. I don't think. When is, the, when, when is the phrase, the Giants passing attack will do enough? When has that ever been true? Last year. Look at Minnesota's playoff game. Minnesota! 30-23. to 23. W. <laughs> w. I want to cut that audio so bad. <laughs> oh, that's going to be my new favorite sound effect for our meetings. W. <laughs> that was fantastic. I don't think that's sound effect worthy. Oh, yes, it was. The way you said it. <laughs> you said it like, like one of like Broads' cousins from... You know, Center City, Philly. That's that what you John? sounded like. Yeah, that John W. That John got a W. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, my God. I love that video. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I don't see it going that way. In fact, I, I think Seattle's the better team in quite a few ways. They'll have the better quarterback on the field. They'll have the better wide receivers on the field. They'll have the better running back on the field. Uh, defenses, I think Seattle has some really good pieces as well. For those reasons, give me the Seattle Seahawks. Give me the Giants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So since the Seahawks are the better team, give me the Giants. No, give me the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, 27-23. Why, it's copycat. 27-23. Both have them scoring 27. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, unfortunately, we were wrong about the Rams uh, game being 24-20. Yeah, against the Bengals. Yeah, that was sad. I was it really was. sad to see that. Because you had a bad day. Yeah, so we got differing picks on the Monday night game. Before we get into MLB, there is one miscellaneous 
uh, sporting event I'd like to touch on, and that's the fact that uh, I dropped 10 on Jack and Cup Pong this weekend. Um, really? You have to bring this I, up. Jack, it was a perfect game. It was a perfect game. I got 10 in a row. 10 in a row. When has that ever happened before? Not not often against me. I message Cup Pong. I am the champ. It, it's the first perfect game on that I've ever seen. Anyways, that's all I had to say. I did have to bring it up, though. I was personally proud. Of, I was, like, high-fiving myself in the shower after that, Jack. <laughs> I was. I was like, who's the man? You're the man. Really? That's really what you did? That invigorated me. Interesting. Are you going to read the notebook? Are we at that time yet? I think we are. Nope. No? Okay. No. My clock is off today. Your internal clock. Usually I have a good feel for that stuff. Your internal clock is... It's because I'm trying to fast up. forward to tomorrow night. Let's get to that, by the way. Yeah. You could. You good there, buddy? Something wrong? No. No, we're good. What's wrong? Nothing. What did I do to upset you? No, you didn't do anything to upset me. I'm sorry. It's, you didn't do anything you have to apologize for. <laughs> you didn't do anything you have to apologize for. Anyways, where do you want to start with the wild card round? Um, yeah, let, Let's go to Milwaukee. Milwaukee, okay. All right, I feel you. Facing the Diamondbacks. Um, Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure, I don't know. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Anyway, um, let's go to Milwaukee. Like I said, the Diamondbacks traveling to take on the Brewers uh, as the D-backs are the sixth seed. Oh, okay. Sure. The last wild card <laughs> as they face the <laughs> National League Central Division champion Brewers, who are the three. Mitch, give me your early thoughts on this series. Um, my early thoughts, I feel like the D-backs have the playmakers to pull off the upset. Uh, I think they have good pitching and a good lineup. I think clearly the better lineup than Milwaukee. I understand Milwaukee has some really good pitching. I just get the sense, though, that that the D-backs can hang in with them. Uh, Zach Gallen, right? Um, I think he's a stud. Uh, and I look at their lineup, I see guys like, Corbin Carroll. Um, by the way, we have both the Corbins in this series. Burns and Carroll. That that makes me happy. Um, you have no idea how often I do mental gymnastics to figure out which one's which. For no reason. They're not even close to similar. Um, Cattell Marte, stud. Uh, just I, I see playmakers all up and down the lineup. However, I think Milwaukee clearly has a bullpen advantage. Um... What's Devin uh, Williams? Williams? Yeah, he's still going off. So he leads the charge there. It's going to be, uh, can can the D-backs get up early? Can they get on these starting pitchers, these tough starting pitchers? And it's no easy task. But for some odd reason, Jack, I just feel like everyone's talking about the Milwaukee pitching and the Milwaukee pitching and the Milwaukee pitching. Don't overlook the Arizona pitching in this series either. Seawald, he's he's a decent piece in the back uh, in the back end. Zach Allen, Merrill Kelly, two very solid starting pitchers. Yeah, I just feel like they they go stride for stride with them. They do. Uh, but we'll get back to the discussion in just one moment as we do have a message from the KUR Notebook. Attention, KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.cutstown.edu/slash/kur. Find live events/slash/remotes. Read the reminders 
and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an eboard member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event, no exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Back on Heavy Hitters, hour number two, breaking out all things MLB playoffs. The wild card round starts tomorrow night, and we're talking about the D-backs and the Brewers. Zach Gallon, Merrill Kelly, their top two pitchers for the Brewers, though, they're not going to have Brandon Woodruff in this series. Uh, with a shoulder injury, he will be out for the wild card round. That's huge news. It is a big loss. Uh, big gain for the, for the D-backs, so they won't face him. Uh, how to how do excuse me how do the Brewers um, you know manage without without Brandon Woodruff is the big question, of course. Yes, it is. Oh, it's, are you going to keep going? I already gave my thought. I already picked. Who are you picking in this series? Picking the D-backs. Give me the Brew Crew. Oh, I knew everyone's picking the Brewers. Give me the Brew Crew to win. I like this young, scrappy D-backs team, but I think this lineup's too up and down. They're too inconsistent. They got, got some good guys. Corbin Carroll, of course. Well, Christian Walker, I like him as a power hitter. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it, it's just too many ebbs and flows of this lineup. There's not a whole lot of consistency there. I trust the Brewers more, um, you know, as they've had guys who've been here before. A lot of these guys on this roster have been in the playoffs, and they have experienced what it like, you know, what it's like, and what it takes to win in the postseason. That's a big part of my pick. I like the pitching more on the Milwaukee side of things. I like them to be able to close games, you know, up further with Devin Williams in the back end as as a solid closer. So give me the Brewers to win in three games and go on to the National League Divisional Series. Mm, okay, I got the D-backs in three. I mean, you were you could not have nailed this pick more, though, at the start of the season. You said the D-backs would vie for a playoff spot. They snuck into that final one ahead of the Cubs. Um, what a couple races we had in the, over the weekend. Um, you know, here in the National League, the Marlins sneaking in, the Cubs falling out over in the AL, Astros winning the division. Um, who thought that would happen? Rangers slip, they choke. Uh, we'll get to them, though. All right, so we differ on the uh, D-backs and Brewers. Jack has the Brewers. I got the Diamondbacks. Next up, let's go to Tampa, the Rangers and the Rays. Mitch. I got the Rays. I got the Rays. They've been one of the best teams in baseball this year. Um, I think they have uh, really good veteran presence. Uh, Randy Rosarena. I think they always pitch well. Uh, Give me the Rays. I'm going to differ. I'm going to go Texas to get the upset. Okay. And here's why. Starting pitching. Yeah. The Rays of a game one starter, Tyler Glass now. After that, though, manager Kevin Cash um, might have to piece some things together in his pitching plans due to some heavy injuries to this pitching staff. Yeah. Uh, However, for Texas, they're not going to have Max Scherzer for the postseason. Uh, And it does have a pretty bad bullpen. That's the worst bullpen ERA of all 12 playoff teams. That's a concern. Man, the more I look at it, though, Gotta it's go really raise. just going to be which offense Gotta go raise, can take man. control. The Rangers have Marcus Semien, Corey Seager. I like Evan Carter as a young rookie, man. They got some boppers. They, they got some Adolis boppers. Garcia, Jonah Heim. Unrelated. You know, which team do I trust? I trust the Rays. Been there. Bruce Bochy, an experienced manager for the team who hasn't fully got that big-time playoff experience. The more I'm talking about it, the more I'm going to lean and switch. I'm going with the Rays. Yeah. yeah Welcome. Welcome. We've been expecting you. 
Just the more I talked about it, I'm like, the Rangers have the edge, and I trust them to piece it together more. I've already seen the Rangers start choking in the big moments. They couldn't lock up they the division. They couldn't lock up the division. You and know? Matt said that last year, lost in the lock card round. So you know what? Even more reason. Give me the Rays. And now it ratchets up, and you know now you're actually in the playoffs. Pressure's even higher. So, yeah, I got the Rays probably in two. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. You're Got good. Right buddy. into the mic. You're sorry. good. It wasn't that loud. I would tell you. <laughs> I, would t- I would tell you. <laughs> All right. Let's go up to Minnesota. Nice. For the Twins and the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays will not be world champions. Uh, the Twins, they're the three seed, the de facto winners of the Central Division. Terrible division this year. Um Taking on the Blue Jays. How do you see this one going, buddy? You first this time. Toronto's going to win. Yeah. And I think they sweep them. I agree. Just a better team up and down. I like the Blue Jays pitching better. Both teams have decent pitching, for sure. You know, the the, the Twins have the trio of Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan. They are at home, but the Blue Jays have Gosman, Bassett, and Barrios. All have been very, very good this year. Ayusa Kikuchi's been decent as well. For, for Toronto, these lineups, you know, have some holes. But if you look at the top players in these lineups, Vladdy Jr., Bo Bichette, I think those two guys can deliver in the big moments and be the, the you know, the big-time bats to get the Blue Jays over the edge. George Springer also there. I like it to go three games, but give me the Blue Jays. Actually, no, I said the sweep, but I, I like the Twins pitching enough to sneak them a game, possibly. Yeah, I think the, the Twins pitching will grab them a game, but I think the Blue Jays win the series in three. So Blue Jays in three? Yeah, I got Blue Jays in three. Okay. Cool then. Cool. cool nice. Cool. I like it when we agree. So we have agreed on two so of much the series. Less hostile. So far. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Such a chill atmosphere. We got one more. We do have one more. It's the best one. And it's the one you care about the most. Oh, yes, it is. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. Just a hunch. Maybe maybe it's because you're wearing the red Philly shirt and the red Phillies hat. So and obviously the, I'm picking the Marlins. And the red Philly shoes and I'm not wearing <laughs> Wearing white vans, I know, like Michael I just, Lorenzen. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, that's funny. Just to just to make it a funny joke. But you are wearing a Schwarber shirt and a red Phillies hat. That that is the. Truth. I am. Yeah. You're not you're not wearing uh, red Philly clown shoes or uh, anything of that nature. No. Nope. It's red October. It's red October. Uh, I want to hear how you see this series going, and then I'll go off on my little spiel. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go on my little spiel first. Do it. But I'm not gonna have a full enough time to get through it all. That's okay. So, we're going to take our break actually now. Oh, we're going early. Full right. thoughts. Yeah, a minute early. All right, cool. minute early. We'll do what we did the first hour, too. Just so that way we don't have to get cut off by the break. That way we can both give our full thoughts on this series, on you know how we think it's going to shake up. And by the time we finish this explanation, it'll actually not be early anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to keep explaining things for the next 55 <laughs> seconds or so, so that way it's exactly at 20. Um, no, but in all seriousness, <laughs> we're going to step aside. We'll be back here on Heavy Hitters in hour number two. Wrapping up our MLB discussion with the Marlins and the Phillies in the wild card round. And then after that, we will recap a weekend of college football that didn't disappoint. Some intriguing matchups there. Uh, and that will more than likely take us to the end of today's show. So thank you thank you for listening to this point. We'll be back on Heavy Hitters momentarily here on KUR. Hour number two of Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. Kutztown, we are back. After our brief break, Jack, I'm Mitchell Smedley. I love this song. So do I. It's very 
It hits heavily. It does. It does. It does hit heavily. It's hype. It gets the, you know, the juice is flowing. Hey, oh, don't. <laughs> gets the blood flowing. I don't like that phrase. Well, I said it. Let's get the juices flowing on this series. All righty. I just need to start Marlins. already, Jack. The Miami Marlins travel up to Citizens Bank Park oh, to take yeah. on the Philadelphia Phillies. First off, before we break down the series, congratulations to Skip Schumacher and company down in Miami. First year as the manager, as the skipper, if you will, of the Marlins. Gets them to the postseason for the first time since the COVID year, 2020. Schumacher. Uh, but again, it was an expanded playoff that year, so. What's he going to do, make fun bit. of my footwear? <laughs> Get it? Because his name is Schumacher. Stop. <laughs> Darn it, enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> Your thoughts, buddy. Come on. You can do it. You can say the Phillies are going to win. The yeah. Phillies are going to win. Yeah, he said it. We need the, the cheering sound. Like the kids going, yay. You know that sound effect? Like the yay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know how many times I'm going to repeat it awfully before you understand what I'm saying. Look, the Marlins were the kings of one-run games this year. Yeah. 33 and 13 in one-run games. Huge for them. Um, they they played better at home than they did on the road, which is a discouraging sign to me. Thirty and forty two on the road, under five hundred. They were a combined minus fifty four. No, 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 fifty five run differential this year. No, uh, no, 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 negative fifty seven. I'm sorry, I don't know. My numbers mixed up. I typed negative fifty five. Uh, but I believe it's negative 57, actually. So I'm going to reaffirm that real quick. Uh, but who's the uh, who's the one that's hurt right now for the Marlins? Sandy. No, 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 no. Uh, batter. Sandy. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. Uh, that would have. But I actually don't know. Um, one of their guys is hurt and might not play. Let's look at it. I don't injuries. think it's a rise. It is... Oh, man, that's going to kill me. Yeah, I didn't see the update, actually, that you're talking about. Um, oh, it is Arise. Oh! oh for some reason, that Two stuck out ago, to me. Two days ago, Arise once again out of the lineup. Uh, sprained ankle. We'll see if he plays tomorrow. Gotcha. Okay. You want to hear a crazy stat, by the way? Yeah. Apparently, Kyle Schwarber has been on base more than Luis Arise. That's crazy. Who is batting like a million? Yeah, exactly. On base more times than him. Crazy. It's crazy what walks will do. Yeah, walks. I mean, walks are part of Schwar- huge part of Schwarber's game. Yeah, huge, huge part of Schwarber's game. But I want to take a look back at this series. Sure. Um, so, for them, being the Marlins is them. Look, it's got to be low scoring. They're not going to be. This is not an offense that's going to just exchange runs with you, right? No, no. They're not a team that can just play, you know, nine, eight games and win consistently. No. Sure, it can happen every once in a while, but they need to pitch well. They need to limit the Phillies lineup. That's their key to winning this series, right? Well, winning the season series seven to six did Miami. Got outscored. They did, as they did most of the season. They were there. Again, the run difference was very, very concerning. I mean, they were in the negative 50s. Yeah, that's Made the playoffs. It's just weird. You it, talked about a team like that uh, in the NFL, uh, the the Vikings. Um, you talked about that a lot last, last year, how you said this team has a, a negative point differential. 
uh, and even with their impressive record, that plays in the playoffs. Like negative fifty six run differential. Yeah, their expected win loss was seventy five and eighty seven. Yeah, so they've and they went eighty four and seventy seven. Nine games. I don't know. It feels like I mean they're thirty eight and fifty against teams who are over five hundred. Thirty eight and forty two on the on the road. I just like the look at when I look at these stats and I look at this team. I just think it's a bad matchup. I think they're running into a buzzsaw, in the sense that the Phillies lineup is a one that can most certainly put up runs. Yeah, five guys with twenty home runs this year. <sighs> Give me the Phillies to sweep. Yes. Uh, as much as that pains me to see. Got on board with it. He, he Jack told me earlier he thought it would go three. He thought there's no way it would go uh, two in any direction. And the only reason I would say that is because it's a divisional series. You know, yeah, original rivals, and that's always gets hairy to predict. Absolutely, always gets hairy to predict. Look, Jack, you have no idea how scared of the Marlins I am. Team always beats us. This team always has our number. The worst possible things go wrong against the Marlins every single time. It's so stupid. Um, Josh Bell is now on the Marlins. The oh, I forgot about that. Biggest Philly killer of all time. Is on the Marlins. Like, you have no idea. All of my logic tells me Phillies sweep, and I'll get into that. But everything I've ever watched between the Phillies and Marlins and the Phillies and Josh Bell tells me Marlins in three. The thing is, for, for game one, Lazardo's got a 4-4-8 ERA on the road this year. Yeah. Like, that's not good. But Braxton Garrett was better on the road than he is at home. So maybe if that you know plays true, the, the Marlins could take a game two, force a game three. I'm telling you this. The Marlins as a team have not seen anything like what they're about to walk into in Citizens Bank Park. Certain guys have seen it. Josh Bell has seen it. Um, others, you know, veteran presence on that team. Jorge Soler, right? He won a World Series with the Braves, right? Yep. Uh, World Series MVP. Like, he's seen the big moments. Most of these guys, though, they don't know what they're seeing. There were only three guys um, from the Marlins' playoff appearance in 2020 that are still on the team. And one of them, Sandy Alcantara, who's hurt. And... I'm telling you, whoops. The Citizens Bank Park home field advantage is so real. This is a young team. They're going to get rattled. And beyond that, the talent just isn't there. I mean, who's the best hitter in the... Who's the best two hitters in the Marlins lineup, would you say? Arise and... Arise and Solaire. right? Would you rather have Arise and Solaire or Bryce Harper and... Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, right? I don't know. First one seems pretty compelling. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but you add in, you say it's Harper and Turner are your top two. And I then, mean, also there's another warranted question. Sure. I mean, what, what, if it gets to game three, what does the Marlins pitching situation look like? I don't know. Are they going to use an opener? Well, the they've other done thing that is so the Phillies, done that a lot this year. The Phillies have a problem with game three. There's talk that Taiwan Walker might pitch game three. Ooh. Instant loss. Um, Where's Christopher Sanchez going to factor in here? Uh, Probably out of the bullpen. If at all. Uh, look, the Phillies. Nola's shown that Nola can get hit the, around. The Nola thing is is the worry, right? That's what that's what it comes down to. Does Aaron Nola pitch a good game too? Or does he allow a five-run inning? And, well, you just asked about Christopher Sanchez. I'm going back. Phillies in three. You, you asked it, or you mentioned it right there. Maybe that's where Christopher Sanchez comes in. Fourth inning, two runners get on for Aaron Nola with one out. Christopher Sanchez comes on. Gets the final two outs, pitches a couple more innings after that. You know, pitches through the sixth inning, so he goes two and two-thirds. That's a huge role for him. Hands it over the bullpen. Phillies lock it down. Like, that that could be where this gets pieced together. Um, 
The talent level for the Phillies lineup is just there, though. Uh, between Schwarber, Turner, Harper. You know what's crazy? What? First time these two teams will meet in the postseason. That doesn't shock me. I don't know why, but it just doesn't. Um, but you're adding like, the, the supplementary guys, like Real Muto. Uh, Alec Bohm hit 20 home runs this year for the first time. He's getting better. Uh, Bryson Stott always seems to work good at bats, make pitchers work, get base hits. Brandon Marsh, big playoff moments last year. Um, I, I don't know. I just see the talent in this Phillies lineup. It's too good. It's too good for the Marlins to handle. The environment is going the to Phillies rattle them. I also think the Phillies have the better of the worst of the, you know, of of the bullpens here. Oh, the Phillies, yeah, clearly have the better bullpen, I think. Please give me all of the David Robertson you want. All of it. He's been terrible with Miami. I, I forgot to even mention Nick Castellanos, by the way, who hit 29 home runs this year. Um, the Phillies are good. The Phillies are going to win. They have a guy in Bryce Harper who just becomes the best player on the planet anytime there's a big spot. Um, I My logic is confident in the Phillies. I've just seen this movie too many times. Officially, I'm going to pick the Phillies to sweep. Um, but just know that in my Philly sports fan heart, uh, I can picture... I'm literally right now picturing the Marlins celebrating on the pitcher's mound in Citizens Bank Park, and it irks me. I don't like it. So I'll be there on Wednesday, though. So we'll figure out what we're doing for Wednesday's show, but there will likely be a show, I think. There will. Yep. So, I, I'm so excited though. Red October's back, and I'm so glad we got the night games. I love night playoff games. I mentioned Miami went 30 and 50 against teams with a winning record. By the way, I looked that up just to double check. That is the worst out of any playoff team. Yeah, that's not good. The Marlins in 26 and 38 against playoff teams, but 30 and 50 against teams above 500. Just to clarify, there. What did they go against playoff teams? 26 and 38. 26. And Seven 38. of those wins came against came against Philadelphia. Yeah. Interesting. That's crazy. No Sandy Alcantara. No Yuri Perez for Miami. Yeah. You know, Luis Arise been battling that ankle injury that we talked about. I, I don't know. Banged I, up. They're banged up. They're the worst roster, I mean, out of these two teams. The Phillies have the better roster. The advantages go Phillies' way. Yep. Give me Philly in three. I think the Marlins can find a way to squeak one out. If we do play three, we would see the powder blue jerseys on Thursday, which would be nice. So, Small I mean, note, it's go but Wheeler game one, Nola game two, and then we'll see game three if it gets there. Hopefully Ranger, but then who do you start game one of the Braves. divisional series? Yeah. So is it going to be the Braves? How does the yeah? Is that how I thought we played them last year? We were the sixth team. So, are you sure? Oh, were they the Unless second? Unless the D-backs seed? win, were they the second seed? No, because it doesn't reseed. I don't think. No, the winner that. of the four five plays. I think the two seed. Yeah, let me look at the 2022 bracket. Yeah, let's do that. That way we can get a clarification and provide accurate information to our listeners. Yeah, rather than speculation. Okay, let's look here. All right, we're not going to ESPN because this formatting is terrible. So I have both the... Well, no, no, I don't have the Marlins winning. Um, I think it's very possible that the Marlins win, but... So I got Phillies, D-backs, Braves, and Dodgers being the Final Four in the National League. Crazy. You find yeah. it there, buddy? Um, ah, here we go. Finally got it. There we go. Okay, so the Phillies were the six. They yep. went to the two-seeded Braves. Two-seeded Braves. So the Dodgers were the one. Oh. 
and now the okay, yep, it, it would be the Braves again. In yeah, the divisional it would, it would be Atlanta. Ah, uh, that's not fun. So the D-backs and the Brewers get the Dodgers. I don't see either of those two teams beating LA. Um, I don't know, man. LA's pitching doesn't scare me. I don't know. It's the D-backs and the Brewers. The problem is the Padres are potent. Um, look, you forget these Diamondbacks led the West for a couple months. Yeah, I know. I, I think was, they can play with the Dodgers. With Arizona. I think the uh, the Diamondbacks could be like the Padres of last year. I think they'll make. I don't think they're a World Series team. I think they can make it to the uh, NLCS though. Get chopped down in five games by either the Phillies or Braves. I think somebody weird's gonna go to the World one Series. One conference. Yeah. Like the the Phillies were a weird team last year. They got hot. Not everyone had on their radars. Yeah, I, I think there's usually a weird team. I think if Toronto figures out that offense, they could. I'm saying they will. I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be Atlanta and the Orioles. It's too. It's too plain. I know. There's no way both one seeds are going. Both one seeds go in uh, the NFL typically. I know, but this isn't the NFL. Uh, it's just it's a lot playoff, more predictable. Playoff formats in general, the best teams typically win. Braves are one of the best teams we've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. So, that's disappointing. But, man, another Phillies-Braves series. That's oh, what we're predicting. The years off my life that are happening modern day. In the last two years, it's just playoff baseball. That's a feeling What are you doing unmatched. for tomorrow night's game? Um, I don't know. Got to figure out where I'm watching it. Yeah, I will be by a TV somewhere yelling at anyone who speaks uh, to quiet down. Kind of want to watch that with you for a little bit, bro. Come on over. So just because I've never seen you. No, like, you've never, never seen me, Jack. You've never seen me that intense. And the stakes are higher. I gotta I... get myself a Marlins hat or something. No, no, you will not be permitted <laughs> on campus. You will not be permitted. Um, yeah, if you want to hang out, come on over. So stay yeah. after we uh, record the show. Yeah, since Mitch is doing a, uh, Mitch is doing a, uh, you know. Making an appearance at CBP. Yeah. Be honest. From an outside perspective, the Philly home field advantage, it's real, right? One of the best in the league. The best in the league. It's there. Not the best. Yes, it is. I want to say the Who's best. better? <sighs> Houston's not. Atlanta's not. Atlanta's pretty good. Atlanta's okay. It's not better than Philly. Four hours of hell. The jungle. Why is it called the jungle? That's just what Nick Castellanos called it. He called it. Well, he said, Why? "Welcome to the jungle." <laughs> Doesn't even make any sense. Sure, it does. Because Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, is so close to a jungle, <laughs> <laughs> concrete jungle, oh where dreams God. are made of. <laughs> yeah, that's New York. <laughs> I know. Oh, By the man. way, speaking of New York, the Mets, they're terrible. The Mets. How was that? Uh, oh, is that tomorrow? The press conference? No, that was today. Oh, David Stearns, the new. President of Baseball Operations, the first ever President of Baseball Operations in the Mets franchise's history. So, marking new territory. We have a President of Baseball Operations. He's pretty good. His name's Dave Dombrowski. Yeah, we also have a Dave. David Stearns. (laughs) Spent eight years with Milwaukee. Actually started in the Mets organization as a baseball intern back in 2008. Spent time with Intern Stearns. I love that name. Spent time with Cleveland. I would have loved to have been in the office with him. Houston. And now is with the Mets after a long tenure in Milwaukee. Oh, who's that? That's our new intern. <laughs> so, very young, too. Only 38 years old. Oh, he's like the Sean McVay of baseball. Grew up a Mets fan. 
Gross. Born in Manhattan, New York. Why would you hire someone stupid as your... Recalled um, as a <laughs> Harvard degree. Don't think he's that dumb. <laughs> well, he rooted for the Mets. So. Recalled his childhood days of going to Shea Stadium. But he emphasized Pandering. he's glad to be back. Pandering. I'm excited. I'm excited for the David Stearns era to get started with the Mets. Already made his first move. What you know, essentially firing Buck Showalter, but yeah. Buck just stepped down. So that was his message. He will not be back next year. The Mets will hire a new manager. So interested to see what they do for that. Interested to see how you know active they are in the free agent realm. Yeah. By the way, Phillies beat the Mets on the season series. By one. Yes. Congrats. You beat a 70-win team by one in the season series. But that, seeing as that we lost, feel good? seeing as we lost to that team fifteen to four the yeah, previous year, last year we were really good. It's a pretty marked improvement. It is marked. I like that word. So ah, ow! You beat an incompetent baseball team by one win. In a oh, this lid doesn't detach. This lid. I was, I thought this was like a lid on the bottom oh. of the pen, and I was trying to pull it off and put it on. The... Oh, okay. <laughs> nothing. Nothing smart is going on over here, Jack. Okay. We gotta step aside one more time. When we come back, we'll talk some college football week five. Penn State. By the way, the Mets still when, when they're good and have a pretty darn good atmosphere. It look, I told you after that Friday night baseball game between the Phillies and Mets, I loved the atmosphere at uh City Field. Mets fans get very loud. They know how they, they definitely support their, their team with all their heart. I just think Philly's better. So we're louder. You can The roar of that stadium is unmatched. I don't know. Fastball, hit to left. It is long gone. I guess, I mean, I do have bias because I'm a Mets fan. We both have bias. But when when the, when the City Field erupted last year in its, in its best moments, man, just sent chills. Yeah. Chills. That's what it does, man. Mine, man. To be good again. Except mine happened to be in the championship series and some in the World Series. So We'll see if that happens again this year. I certainly hope so. It's so hard to get back. I'm trying not I to want think to, it's uh, just going to be Actually, easy. I want to revisit one quick thing. Yeah. The fact that you think... The view at Citizens Bank is better than PNC. It's still mind-boggling to me. That you think the Philly you know sky- funny that you think the that? Philly skyline is better than Pittsburgh's. You know what's the funny stadium. about it's, that? It's hilarious. The fact that you're getting fired up over a blind man's opinion of views is hilarious to me. I know nothing on this subject. I I know. It's just like I just know to support Philly at all costs. Ugh. But by the way, I've been to both stadiums. By the way, Jack, could be the year we get the Phillies Orioles World Series. From last year's Maybe. prediction, if that happens, you would go crazy. <laughs> I would, I would be, and I did predict, I did predict the Orioles to win. Unfortunately, <laughs> if that happened, you would be so mad. I would be, Phillies, I would be inconsolable. Phillies lose back to back years of the World Series. Oh, oh, that would be like a personalized loss. Man, I don't know whether I'd be happy. I mean, I'd be happy because they lost. That means you wouldn't have to be insufferable. I don't think you'd have a co-host anymore. But <laughs> that would uh, my days would be numbered. Man, I just want to see them lose for early radio. This year. What? Lose early this year? No. Lose to the Marlins? No, please no. <laughs> that would be so funny. No! 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 <laughs> Michael Scott. No! God no! Please, please no! That did not just happen to this baseball team. <laughs> That was one of the best moments of Broads. Oh man, yeah, I I would have a meltdown if we lost. If I need a laugh, I go back and watch that video sometimes. Yep. Let's hit the break though. Yeah, I I remember that night though, man. 
I was I, not. I happy. watched that game. I turned it off after it was seven one in the eighth. I'm I like, remember. Yeah. I stopped watching. I was like, all right. But we then I saw it was up. seven three, and I turned it back on. And then I called my dad, and when we tied the game, I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my god, we tied the game. We tied it. No way. Never just had a two run single. He comes running in my room, and then we both watch the Marte double, and we're just jumping up and down. Ah, take me back. All right. I don't like your happiness. We're going to break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show here on Heavy Hitters. Talking some college football here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. K, you are Kutztown. Jack. (laughs) Is this fun shine? No. (laughs) Thank God. I don't like it. Welcome back to Heavy Hitters. We're experimenting. (laughs) Whoa! What? (laughs) No! We're experimenting with some new music. Okay, that's it's better. Tri- it's called Trial and Error. That's better. Whoa. This show has gone off the rails. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, yes, you do. Mm, not particularly. Yes, you do. I literally don't. Oh, my goodness. I literally just said we're experimenting. Stop saying that. What? Is that bad? Experimenting? Yeah, with some new music for the show. Stop. <laughs> Stop that visual. It's <laughs> my face. Why did you take it that way? That's what it is. Anyways. Well, actually, I have an anonymous text saying I like that music <laughs> that we just played. <laughs> who, who said that? No, that's going to remain between me and the person who texted. That is not good music. Objectively. Um, similar yeah, are similar to all of the last... 12 years of Taylor Swift. All right, college football. Yeah, let's, let's get, get into it. it. Penn we State. We talked MLB. We talked NFL. It's time for NCAA football. Penn State, 41-13 over Northwestern. This one <sighs> wasn't much of a game. Penn State didn't look convincing, though. Quiet. Um, I mean, what? This was well, actually a little bit more convincing. Than my brother, I talked to my brother about this game because we were, we were here, so I didn't watch this one. Oh, yeah. We were here. Broadcasting KU's win over East Stroudsburg. That was fun. 34-27. What a game that thriller. was. That was awesome. Golden Bears 2-0 in Eastern Division play. 3-2 overall in the season. They're going up to Bloomsburg on Saturday. We'll be on the call again. Yep, providing live coverage right here on KUR. Uh, projected to go live on air at around 1.30. A uh, half hour before kickoff. Is that one set for a 2 p.m. start time? Comparatively, comparatively to our noon start times here that we've been accustomed to at Andre Reed. But our first road game of the year that we're going out and broadcasting. First road game of my career. Same here, brother. Nice. So very excited to go up to Bloomsburg, call the game. Super excited. Thank you very much to all the folks making that happen. Absolutely. At Everyone Bloomsburg up at Bloomsburg and here at KU. Yes, absolutely. Regs couldn't have done it without you two setting it up. And our sports coordinator, Josh Toot. Yes. Thank credit you to everybody. Goes where credit is deserved. Yep. Okay. And nowhere else. College football. We talked about Penn State a little bit. Their win. Drew Allert played good. Uh, As usual. I mean, good enough. Actually, actually, I don't know. The more I'm looking at it, the more it's a whole lot of okay. Uh, played good enough to win, I should say. Uh, rephrase that. 189 yards and a touchdown. 28 points. Are you aware of that? Well, well, he went 18 of 33 for 189 yards and a touchdown. Okay. Would you, would you label that as good? No. Exactly. I'd label that as good enough to win. He didn't need to do more. Exactly. Uh, they did lose Katron Allen in this game. That's not good. Did get hurt. I'm not sure how the, the severity of that, but that's what I was informed with. Uh, so Nick Singleton, 21 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Lambert Smith, four catches for 86 yards. Singleton also had a receiving score. And Trey Potts, third-string senior running back, 
Got a 30-yard receiving touchdown of his own, so good for him. Nice. Penn State wins it convincingly at Northwestern. They're 5-0. and They will get a bye uh, before playing UMass next weekend. Not this upcoming weekend, the weekend after. And then they will go to Columbus. More than likely, Penn State will be 6-0 and going into that game. Big-time row showdown. Road showdown, pardon me, for the Nittany Lions, yes, led by James Franklin against Ryan Day's Buckeyes. All righty. Keep moving along. USC, Colorado, thriller. 48-41, Caleb Williams and the Trojans. He combined for six touchdowns. Well, not combined. Really, just had six passing touchdowns. 30-40, of 40, 403 yards, six touchdowns, one INT. Man, both of these defenses are terrible. They're not good. They are terrible. At keeping people out of the end zone. USC is getting going to be held back by their defense. I totally agree with you. Playing top competition, that's not going to go well. When they play Oregon, when they play Washington, yeah. Utah, if Cam Rising is back for that game. You saw how Notre Oregon, Dame. You saw how Oregon stifled this defense. I mean, they, they, uh, would, they might not win any of those games because of how bad this defense is. I agree. You saw how Oregon stifled this Colorado offense, and then it goes out and puts up a 41 on uh, USC. That's not good. That's not getting it done. Exactly. I don't care if it's on the road. Nope. Doesn't matter. Road and USC had a like big a lead in this game. Difference. Yeah, they were up big. And they let uh, they let Colorado claw back. It was 48-21. Yeah. 41-14 at one point. Yep. It was bad. 20, what is that? 20 unanswered points? Yeah. To finish it out. Still came up short for Colorado, but not a good sign for USC. No, defensively looked quite bad. Speaking of defensively looking bad, let's go down to uh, Kentucky, Lexington, where the Wildcats improved to 5-0 and with a absolute... Whoop up of the Gators. I mean, they, they sent 22nd ranked Florida home packing. Ground game for the Wildcats. Ray Davis, a name you need to know for this past week. 26 carries, 280 yards, and three wow. touchdowns. That's a lot. Did Ray you have Davis. Him on your fantasy team, Jack? Um, well, considering this is college, I'm no. <laughs> it's a poorly timed joke. I'm sorry, buddy. It's okay. Sorry for taking it so literally. Yeah. Bud, you did that, not me. It's okay. Moving on. Yeah. Kentucky only threw for 69 yards in this game and won by 19. That's crazy. That's a weird stat. Devin Leary, the quarterback, 9 of 19 for 69 yards and a touchdown, and they win by almost 20. Crazy game. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Billy Napier, in his first 18 games at Florida, 9 and 9 record. Not good. Yeah, that's not uh, what the standard is at Florida. Not, yeah, absolutely. That's what I was going to say. Not what they're accustomed to. Not the standard down in Gainesville. All right, before we get back into it, though, we do have a message from the KUR notebook. From the KUR community calendar, want to join a fun campus club? Join KUR. Fun events, great friends, and an opportunity to play your favorite tunes await. Email KUR at Kutztown.edu. That's KUR at Kutztown.edu. For more information, this message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right. Wrapping up the show. Wrapping it up here. Heavy hitters. It's been a good one, buddy. It has been. It's been fun. It's been real. I'm in like a daze today. I'm like trying to fast forward through today and get to tomorrow night. I'll be here soon enough. Already almost seven o'clock. So I know. Just one. It's like uh, you know, counting down to Christmas. One more sleep till Santa gets here. Yeah. One more. Uh, one more night until the MLB playoffs begin, and I can't wait. By the way, some minor breaking news. Really, Phil Nevin has been fired, and has been let go by the Angels as their manager. They'll Who saw that coming? A new one. 
they have let go of Phil Nevin, and they will have to hire a new one. <laughs> <laughs> this season was so awful that the Angels decided to fire the manager and have had to, to hire, hire a, a new one. one. Exactly. Boom. That, that, was, good. that was really good, buddy. I like that. Thank you. AM goes on the road, beats Arkansas 34 22. So after a rough loss against Miami, the Aggies are 4 1 as they have some re- legit aspirations in the West, especially with Ole Miss, uh, especially with Ole Miss beating LSU. And both of those teams are already having one in division loss. If AM can beat Alabama at some point, I'm assuming AM is going to be ranked now as they're 4 1. Um, actually, no, they're not yet. I'm sorry. I lied considering the AP poll is already out <laughs> nice. and they're not ranked. What a what a terrible statement by me. So I'm just going to retract that real quick. But if AM keeps winning, they will be ranked uh, upcoming. They actually do get Alabama. So at home, in College Station, 3.30 start time for that one on Saturday. Alabama, two and a half point favorites. But if AM can win that game, pull the upset, they'd be 5-1, and 3-0 and in the West, and 3-0 and in the conference. And they would hold their own fate there in terms of trying to get to Athens, or excuse me, to Atlanta, for the SEC championship game. Alabama loses. Clemson rebounds. They take down Syracuse 31-14. Not much to deliberate there. Syracuse. They took down Cuse. Dino Babers can get his team to play good, but can't get them over the hump when it comes to playing solid teams like a Clemson as they got beat pretty badly on their home field. All right, let's move into Georgia. Went to the Plains of Auburn and barely escaped with a win. 27-20. Carson Beck looked okay, uh, 313 yards, one touchdown, one interception. If you look at the overall stats, I mean, for Georgia, okay, I'm just going to ignore what you did with the lights. I, I was trying to brighten them. Ignore what you did with the lights. I'm anyway, if that's as bright as they get. It's okay. It is. By the way, should I turn them down so we can see another okay. lightning strike from Regs? <laughs> that was it. funny. I'm going to do it. Regs, if you're out there. That was funny. We're all in on it. Uh, Dejan Edwards, two touchdowns on the ground of this game for Georgia. Brock Bowers continues to carve up defenses. The Georgia tight end, he's elite. 157 yards and a touchdown. Favorite target for Carson Beck. Georgia remains undefeated. They're 5-0. Despite getting a little bit of a scare, this team looks vulnerable. They win. Uh, They will come home next week to host a top-20 Kentucky team. Favored by 14.5 is Georgia. Now, wait, Um, wait, 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 Jack. You're just going to gloss over it. You yell at the Eagles and Penn State for not looking convincing in their wins. Georgia didn't look convincing. I think they should have dropped in the AP poll from one. Okay. What do you think they should be? What's the two uh, or three instead of AP? What's the JH poll? The Jack Heim poll. I'd have Texas at one. Texas at one. Texas at one. I'd have Florida State two, as they're undefeated. A nice win over Clemson. Win over LSU. I'd have Georgia three. I would not have Michigan as high. I don't Who'd think you say the two? second two. Uh, FSU. FSU. Uh, oh, okay. You know what I'd have? I'd have a brand new house on an episode of Cribs and a bathroom I can play baseball in. So, yeah, let me pull up the AP Top Twenty Five, and then let me just re-rank them real quick. Yeah, let's let's do this. This is a good use of our time. So, real quick, some other you know important results: Texas took down Kansas forty to fourteen. Jaden Daniels didn't play in that game, or Jalen Daniels, excuse me, I always do that. Uh, Jaden Daniels, the quarterback for LSU, uh, forty to fourteen. Texas won convincingly again. I think my, the number one team in the country are the Longhorns. Uh, also, Ole Miss took down LSU 55-49 a thriller. No remnants of a defense in that game. As Jackson Dart went for 389 yards, four touchdowns. Jaden Daniels, 414, four touchdowns. Already the second loss for Brian Kelly and LSU in his second year after all they accomplished in year one. Going to the SEC title game, I don't think the same result is in store for them this year. 
going to be a step back in year two under Brian Kelly, considering they have two losses at the end of September. Okay. Now, that we got that out of the way. AP poll. AP poll. I'll go 25 to 1. 25 to 1. It's probably easier if you go one down. Okay. Well, I guess. Fine. Sure. I thought this article had it pulled up for me. It did not. Thank mm. you, Internet, for failing me. Big L. Big L. So. Oh, wait. I can just do it on my phone. I am uh, not not being the brightest right now. Nah, it's not either of our best days. Smartest days. Rankings. Wow, there we go. Finally got it. Okay. So one is Georgia. I would have Texas at one. I would have Florida State from five. They're five All in the AP way poll. up to They're two. two. Oh, my goodness. Based on resume. I would have... Based on resume. Georgia three. I would have Ohio State four. Boring. I would have Penn State at five. What are they currently ranked? Six. six. Yeah. I would have Michigan six. Washington would be so seven. You have, oh, man. You have Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan all right in a row. Yeah. Wow. I don't think Michigan's two. I think they're six. I they, they've, they haven't played anybody. They haven't been overly impressive to me. I don't think they're the second best team in the country. Okay. And I think when they play somebody good and get tested like a Penn State or Ohio State, they will be pushed and I think more than likely lose. Okay. Just my opinion. Interesting that you have Florida State at two, but it's okay. Again, AP polls based off resume. I'm not power ranking these teams. I'm I'm I mean I am ranking them, but I'm not power rating them. Ratings and rankings are different to me. Okay. If I was you know power rating them, I wouldn't have Florida State at, at two. Then riddle me this, my computer wife. Why does why is there a poll to begin the season to open the season when no one's played anyone? I don't put a lot of weight in the preseason poll. But it's there. It's there. I don't put weight into it because so I know it's going to change. There's projection involved. There's projection involved. So there's rating involved in the rankings. Yeah, but now there's points when it comes to the AP poll. Really? Yeah. It's I like, thought it's just votes. Votes, but there's also points next to it. Like Georgia has fifteen hundred and one points. How much so. Penn State got? Uh, twelve twenty-seven. Hmm. That's not. FSU's great. at thirteen thirty-six at hmm. five. Well ahead of them. Anyway, um, I would keep going. Washington, 7. I'd have Oregon at 8. I'd have Notre Dame at 9. I would have Alabama at 10. USC at 11. Wow. Because that defense, I don't love the defense at all there. Aren't they like they're four gonna lose right now? Names, they're 9 right nine. now. 9. Oh, I thought they were high. I would have Oklahoma staying at 12. Uh, give me UNC at 13. Washington <laughs> State at 14. I'd swap them. Oregon State at 15. A big one over Iowa. I think I'd keep them there with the AP. I'd put Miami at 16 as much as I don't like to say that. Uh, at 4-0. Ole Miss would be 17 at 4-1. Utah is 18. I think that's an appropriate place for them. Keep them at 18. Duke, I would swap with Kentucky. 5-0 Kentucky would be 19. Duke would be 20. Uh, Give me... I like Missouri at 21. I do. Uh, Tennessee stays at at 22. I agree with that ranking. Fresno State at 23 at 5-0. LSU at 24. Louisville at 25 at 5-0. So I would agree a little, you know, decent amount with the AP poll, but I'd make some tinkerings. And, and some changes there, especially nice. in the top 10. All right. That's all we got. That's going to do it for us today here on Heavy Hitters. We will be back on Wednesday, whether it be live, more than likely going to be pre-recorded because Mitch is going to be at the Phillies game. Go Phillies. But we'll, we will have a show. We will have a show for Wednesday. So until Wednesday, thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Heavy Hitters. Enjoy some Monday Night Football between Seahawks and Giants. Enjoy the start of the playoffs that will be tomorrow night. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K-U-R Kutztown. Until then, take care and be well.